Uh-uh, I know y'all ain't strolling by. Hit that slow. I'm sorry, are we recording? <laughs> are we recording? Hey, look. Are we? T- wait, wait, wait. Okay, you got to understand. I'm from Tuskegee. I'm in Tuskegee, so... If people stroll by the house kind of slow, like your, your antenna go up. You know, it's really funny because we're also black Americans, you know, and I think that Middle Eastern people and probably South Asian people, whatever South Asian is. I know what you're doing. <laughs> I know what you're doing. <laughs> I know what you're doing. <laughs> no. because so- okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I recently learned the term East Indies. I've never heard that term before. I mean, you got to think relatively like if there are West Indies, then there have to be East Indies. I mean, I guess there must be the Indies. The thing is, the older I get, the more I'm starting to realize how much language is based off of where somebody's standing and the perspective that it comes from. Mm. Sometimes thinking about words stresses me out because I try not to attach my the schemas that come up in my head when I hear a particular word to the word. Sometimes I enjoy looking up the etymology of a word. And then when I stop and really think and process the cognition that possibly developed to form a particular word or expression or phrase, it really has me like, huh. And with that being said, welcome to Hotepery, ladies, gentlemen, and non-binary folks. Gabies, shabies, babies, girlies. And if you're a boy, what's up? You probably want to... <laughs> Where were you going with that? <laughs> okay. How many of our male audience members... are listening to our podcast because they naturally got there. I mean, okay, but I'll put it to you this way. I'm a straight male, and I know that a lot of our audience are not men, and a lot less of them are straight men, but there has to be some somewhere. So all two of y'all, shout out to y'all. Because I'm in here with you, all right? You know, it's really interesting because I I feel like one of the best things to do when you're dating someone who has a podcast is to listen to their podcast. Or if you want to date them, if you're interested in them and you want to figure out how they think, listen to their podcast. Because that makes sense. Recently, I have been flirting with someone And I wouldn't say it's completely flirting because I'm open to being getting deeper. Mm. And I think flirting has a non-serious connotation. That being said, it just surprises me because they often express, oh, you're being sarcastic. You're being sarcastic. And it's really funny because in the times that they think I'm being sarcastic, usually I'm not. That's real, man. That's real. You know what? Piggybacking off of that, a lot of times people think I'm funny and I don't really think I'm funny. Like I have moments when I'm funny, but I don't really think I'm as funny as other people think I am. But what I think it is, is I'm actually a dick in real life. 
and I don't think people expect me to be a dick, so they think that I'm being funny. And sometimes I just go with it. <laughs> but You're also very attractive, so you have the halo effect. Like, you could be mean to me, and I'd probably take it. Usually when I interact with people, I've interacted, with, and I think you've experienced too, interacted with so many different people, are aware of so many different cultures and languages and how one word could have several different meanings that sometimes I interact with people and I have a first instinct of how I understood the information. And also I usually have a vibe of how it feels. Like for example, I had a reading, a male reader read my car. It's a man. He was like, what are your pronouns? I'm like, it really doesn't matter. You know, like it just really wasn't that deep for me. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it was like, but that does. And I'm like, okay, well, right now, probably she heard just like Demi Lovato. It was so nice to see that Demi Lovato went from they, them to she, hers, because personally relate. Love mm. it. So happy. That's a conversation. And I don't think that's a conversation that we're all ready to have while some people are exploring their gender. That being said, this man's, he says something to me and he was like, you believe in this stuff. I'm like, yes, I do. Now, what does believe mean? That's an incomplete sentence. Mm. And what is stuff that's vague? You know, so I'm just going along with it because the way that I see these esoteric practices and like, you know, the most neutral cases, you're getting a peek into somebody's worldview. Uh, It's interesting, though, because when I thought about the reading because there were some interesting nuggets that I found very beneficial. A part of the reading had me like, did you just call me schizophrenic? Interesting. It's because later on I looked up a term that I was just curious about. And when I looked at the term, I was like, wait a second, because the way I understood it was, wow, this person is picking up on this. But that's the thing. Whenever you receive a reader, it is a peek into how they see you and how they assume that the world sees you, how they assume that your life could play out. Once I had a reading from somebody who told me that I was going to have multiple baby daddies. And I was like, look, baby, I am so far person. past that point. And the only conclusion that I can come to that led you to that point is that you saw something and you thought. Was... Was that person that said that a white person? I think they were white, Latino or Hispanic. Okay. So they were white. No, okay. No, you can be any color and be Latino. And this is... And you can also be any shade and be indigenous. Do I think that they had European descent in their... Ancestry.com write up? Absolutely. And I think it probably reflects the reality of who they are. Because well, I don't I think everybody indigenous or black reader would even form them their mouth. They would not form their fingers to type that. No. Well, yeah. And you got to think about the history of colonialism throughout the world. Most people of an ethnic background are going to have some European ancestry in their DNA. You know, um, because they colonize the whole world. It just is what it is. Not everybody, but most most people are going to have a little bit. So 
what do you do? You know, season your yeah. food. Well, you and I are both of European descent. Mm-hmm. Remember when I used to say, it's my privilege and I want it now. Yo, facts. Facts. <laughs> I, Do you remember the commercial? It's my money and I want it now. <laughs> I need it now. I've been trying to get my white privilege card for a minute, dude, because I took my ancestry DNA test about a year ago. And I already thought that I had a lot of European DNA, but I had even more than I thought I had. I was almost 40% European. You feel me? Like, I was as European as my biracial cousins. <laughs> and so I'm like, yo, like I need a card for when I get pulled over. Like I'm one of y'all. Like let me off. Can I start crying? Like what do white people do when they get pulled over? They just be like, I guess women could cry. Yeah, I, if I'm a guy, I just be like, oh, I, you know I didn't what? know. I've, I've told you this before. Usually, police officers are so nice to me. Mm. Like I literally once was driving in the wrong direction <laughs> no you were not for real <laughs> <laughs> like down the runway like you was driving down the wrong side no 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 no, no, no. I, it was really dark and there was no lighting the mm. only thing lighting was a mcdonald's and you know when you're like on those little like freeway stops like right as soon as you get off of a highway mm-hmm. and usually those places tend to be a little bit darker mm. It was super dark, super duper duper dark. And I had went to McDonald's very briefly to use the restroom. When I came out, the way that the road split, uh, there was a little thing in the middle of the right side traffic moving forward and the left side traffic moving in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. The split of line in the dark was so easy to brush up against. And it wasn't until, and I reached the midpoint, which was covered by trees. So I didn't fully understand in the dark what I was seeing. And Mm. I was in the wrong lane. Police officer flashed light. He's like, ma'am, are you okay? And I was like, I am so sorry. I really didn't, I really, and he's like, it's totally fine. Are you okay? And I was like, Mm. yeah. I feel okay. And he's like, okay, just, you know, back up. I was like, okay. So I backed up and then I switched lanes. He's like, have a nice night. I was like, thank you, officer. That's what's up. I mean, that's, that's how those interactions are supposed to be. So, I mean, shout out to him. Yeah. That being said, I would like to thank bougie black people for showing up for being black and reasonable and calm. It's so funny because I think that there are definitely reasons for any marginalized group to have paranoia Mm. and display mental health symptoms to be black and to calm those down. Uh, there, I really hate that I'm about to reference the show and not know the character's name and not even character, woman's name. The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I'm just starting to get into watching TV. There's a black woman on that show and she expresses points where she finds things that people say offensive because of her history 
And like, mm. she does take onus of that. So what's difficult is white people and sometimes often other people of color have to, and we all really have to be patient and compassionate towards each other. We are tasked with these points to not only have that compassion for when somebody's having a point of fear and panic and where their mind could be. We also have to be able to experience that for ourselves, like the fear of the panic. I'm sure there are white people who are police officers that are maybe taught to be biased. And even before they became police officers, they had a bias. So in moments they can feel scared. Like when I walk past a group of young men, regardless of their racial background, I feel uncomfortable. So I have to be able to monitor my own responses. And I think that people don't really recognize how much energy and self-discipline that really takes. So bougie black people, thank you for making my interactions with the police better. That's real. And on that note, Boca Raton police officer, if any any of y'all happen to be listening, Boca PD, just uh, suck your mother, find your mother and suck she. <laughs> okay. I mean that from the absolute bottom of my heart. F your life. Okay. I'm sorry. The only time I've had negative experiences with the police officers is when they were female. Interesting. I think that's like the opposite of my experience. I can see that. Hmm. That's interesting. I wonder if there's a deeper conversation there, but uh, we should probably get into the topic at hand, huh? <laughs> exactly. But before we get into that, hello, my name is Monisha. And that hello. right there oh, yeah. is Go my ahead. friend Paul. I'm going to introduce him because if I introduce you, that means that you can take the time to share what Hotepri is. In 30 I knew seconds. you were gonna do that. I knew, I knew you were gonna do that, and you wrong. Okay, so if this is your first time tuning in, we have this ongoing thing where we've yet to really define what hotepery is. Um, hotepery, for those of you who are new, is a state of being an alternative black person of relative conscious. Exploring what sexuality means in the modern landscape of the 21st century. Boom. That is, that is, that is beautiful. That is beautiful. It's funny because because I find Hotepari to be something different. Okay, go on. And by Hotepari, I meant Hotepari. I didn't just mean Hotepari. No, no, no. I know, I know, I know. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. After being a hoe, you get on the soapbox and tap. You start tapping. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm I'm with you now. I'm I'm with you. You know, you got to communicate for the people who can't tap around you. Amen. I really wish that we would bring back stepping on the main stage. I think we need to come out with the Hotep app, man. I think that's what the world needs, man. Hotep, could you expand on that? I don't know if I want to expand on it yet because then I don't want somebody to take the idea. But like, that's fair. I feel like that's, that's what the world needs. It's okay, like, well, it's like black people meet, but you know, not. <laughs> on that note, let us 
start the show. This episode is going to go into when is the right time to be in a relationship. All of our episodes of season two have been centered around unpacking love and understanding love and relationships. And I'm so excited for this episode because I feel really confident in the controversial things that I'm about to say. Oh, so you firing from the hip today, huh? Yo, it is what it is. All right. Well, we're going to get there. So what just baseline, this is what the thesis statement is. What is the right time to enter into a relationship for you? I was about to say some kink shit. I know you were because I could see it on your face. <laughs> you can see, like I started flashbacking back into Manhattan. I was starting to right and everything was in black and white. Hey, look, when you suck your teeth like that, I just imagine something out of pocket is going to follow. You know, it's so funny because I'm half American, half Jamaican, ethnically. I'm about to say because you're American, but go on. I, ethnically. So... Mm-hmm. I believe that the American side is my right side, which is also my moderate side. My shock by America side is my left side. That's real. That's real. <laughs> so sometimes I do little things and have little mannerisms that are one whole person. It's one whole person. That being said, I like to joke about, whoop, must be the other side. Not okay. in like a... I, not, there's no other side. It's just a joke because sometimes people do think that it's divided, like as if those two, you know, like as if different cultures are a whole different world, a whole different being, a whole different existence, when in reality it's just another human with a different perspective. And you see that even within groups that share the same culture. America's huge. So what you're saying yeah. is if I put on some Vibes Cartel, you're going to start jumping off of furniture and daggering and whatnot, huh? You've seen me do that. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I'm drinking rum in rebel. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's, when that, it's when that hand comes down. Oh yes, yeah, it's, it's when you hit that oh. tripod. Oh, it's a wrap, dude. And don't let you be up on a wall. Oh yeah. I am ready to broke off my back. Okay, when is the right time to be in a relationship? I really want the phrase "safe, sane, and consensual" to not be my thesis statement. That being said, it's valid. Safe, sane, consensual, and risk aware. Mm. Safe being that you are being mindful of the risk. I think that safe and risk aware are kind of the same thing. Mm. And I think that when you're risk aware, that like, and you make it so the other person is risk aware, you're creating a space where two people in a relationship can do what it takes to take care of each other themselves. Mm. And that to me takes a level of maturity. Now, I don't want to go off this idea of you have to be mature in order to be in a relationship, because I do believe that sometimes it's worth having these little dating things to practice. And that doesn't invalidate the relationship. And some people that one relationship they're in is their practice. You know, it differs from person to person. That being said, I do think at this point, as someone who's approaching their Saturn return, the right time to be in a relationship is when a willingness to be mature and mm-hmm. to 
have a sense of value and respect for the other person enough that that maturity is there. So safe saying, uh, saying, and I was talking to you about this bit earlier, the insanity, and I know a lot of people aren't going to like that word, the insanity, the crazy, and the mental illness, craze, crazy being literally just a word to describe what it means to be crazed by something, mm. to fixate or obs- obsess over something. And if that rattles some people, let's have a conversation about it because you can be mentally ill. You can be neurodivergent. That being said, you still got to be able to have a sense of emotional maturity to think about when you're doing something wrong, like having a legitimate mental or uh, brain difference does not justify dangerous, threatening behavior. So I I, I use that word quite literally. Like if you feel offended by that term, think about it. Mm. Think about it hard. There have been points where I have been so no that it is worth identifying what that is. Like it is worth identifying that there's a point where mm, the symptoms that come with a person being in a pretty continued state of not okay means that they cannot necessarily judge correctly. Uh, that mm. they can do things that to some extent would warrant justification to say, actually they probably weren't in their best state or not even necessarily best state because we don't always have to be in our best state. That being said, then there's a consideration of how long have you known this person and do they know you and do they want to go through that with you? I think that the same part is especially true for someone that you're just meeting. Like you have to be, you know, you have to take your time to get to know somebody. That being said, if someone's in a continuous state of not okay, perhaps okay should be the focal point. And unfortunately, I do think that there's a lot of excusing of people who come in like wolf and sheep clothing to hold the person who's not okay. And I feel like the person who's not okay will even say, yes, I want this relationship. That being said, when they become okay, if ever, however, they might look back at them and be like, eh, And when you're not okay, you can't always see what's not okay. So with that being said, then, and I don't even know if there's a concrete answer for this, but what would be the level of healing and emotional maturity that somebody would have to get to, to be able to justify a relationship? Because, you know, in my experience, your relationships have been your chance to grow with an individual, you know, and yes, you should enter into a relationship with a certain amount of emotional maturity, but I don't know that you're ever really going to get to the place that you want to be emotionally on some quantifiable level, you know, like at, at 26 years old, I'm still becoming the adult that I want to be. And I don't necessarily think that I'm ever going to reach a point where I'm like, all right, 
bet like I'm there. You feel me? There's always ways to improve. As a kid, the type of man that I wanted to be always was similar to my grandfather's and my sensei. You know, they're just, they're always the type of men that I aspire towards. And now that I'm an adult, I see myself on that path, but I'm definitely not there. But I'm also like the person that I needed when I was 14 years old. You know, so I say all that to say, like, people go through their stages. So what would you feel like is the stage where somebody can justify entering into a relationship with another person responsibly? That's going to base on the person and the person that they're in a relationship with, because at the same time, a lot of my perspectives are coming from me. Mm -hmm. The way that... I sometimes go through certain relationships. It's just an obvious, this person and I speak is such a different language and we're from such a different world and stage of being that there are certain conversations that unfortunately cannot be had with them. Mm. And, or I just don't feel a level of comfort with them enough to be able to support them, go through the journey with them, et cetera, et cetera. So to some extent it is like one, I believe that we sh like said, should be taking the time to understand, is there a compatibility with this person that is being interacted with? I don't think that anyone ever gets to a point of being 100% healed. I don't even know. I don't, I think it's very interesting that with the emergence of technology, there's becoming this notion that you are 100% healed. Your mental bandwidth is at a hundred. Oh, now it's at 98% as if we are robots or video game characters. To some extent, I think it's a bit disassociated from reality to think that it's always going to be a hundred percent because even when you're thinking about the human body, there is a point that we just have to accept it's, it becomes, it goes up like infant, we become an adult, then deterioration. Mm. And that doesn't mean that we can't sharpen certain skills or improve. That being said, this concept of 100% healed when naturally we're, we're deteriorating is a bit, I could see how it could cause cognitive dissonance. Yeah. And, and that's not even necessarily what I'm getting at, because I agree, I, I think there's a certain level of maturity, both emotionally and just as far as like financially, for example, um, you should be before you enter into certain tiers of a relationship. Right. But it's kind of paradoxical in a way, too, because when I think about the growth that I've had as an individual and maybe it's different for every person it, it certainly is but a lot of those moments of growth came from being in relationships that might not have worked out but in not working out somehow or another they made me a better person you know or at least a more aware person when it came to certain subjects and certain ways of dealing with people so i don't know it's it's kind of a weird paradox in a way instead of this belief that 
we can be 100% healed, which contradicts the reality that our bodies are deteriorating with age. The way that I approach that safe, sane, consensual, risk-aware relationship is, are we functional? Mm. And together, do we enhance function or do we disable each other? Mm. That's real. Do you feel like... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. That's something where... A lot of my experiences with relationships, and unfortunately, I think what a lot of people do for fear that they could lose their significant other is they strength them or mm. they disable them or society disabled them. For example, I think a lot of young girls are raised with disabled mindsets because they're female or girls. And the reason why it's disabled is because the people that came before them lived in worlds where women just were not able to own property or poor women weren't able to own property or poor mm. women weren't able to have bank accounts that they were born to be property, that they were born to be a resource to help a family elevate. So I do think that is disabling and I, I think that if then people with that mindset, all they have to do to raise a child is from their experiences, bring up girls and not fully people. I got you. So I, I, I've reached a point where I'm able to get to this point of recognizing. And that's, I think, to some extent where compatibility comes in. I'm real with myself. For example, some of the people that I'm talking to might not be in my hometown. Like they might be a miles away. Mm. I'm not going to break my bank account to see those people when I really have to be fiscally responsible because even though I am un woman, I'm also non-binary. I feel like a human. I am a person. And a part of my personhood means in my culture, American culture, I would say that even though this wasn't necessarily 100% the experience of one of my parents, there is this notion that the male, the man's responsibility and role is to take care of the woman. Mm. And because of that, woman, and I won't say that's necessarily disabled because I do think that woman in that position might play, like their skills might be better suited in a different lane. Like, for example, I feel like if I was in a relationship with someone, regardless of their gender, and they were like, I want you to be the stay at home partner, that would make me so happy. Let me decorate. Let me cook. Let me handle the paying the bills, just, you know, like I'm, I'm one of those people where that is just something where I feel like my school, my skill set would thrive very much in that situation. And that has, that's also just part of me being a person and not necessarily woman. That being said, I'm not trying to break a bank account playing a role, a woman 
because I think that some people are playing a role of woman as opposed to just embracing their natural womanhood to attract what I want to be my man. I don't think that works. And I also think that's also indicative of when it's not a right time to play it. Like to be in a relationship, if you're playing a role and you can't be authentic with that person and yourself about the reality of a situation, you might not be ready to be in a relationship. Yeah, that's real. You know, and that it's kind of funny that you bring that up because I was rewatching the old episode of the boondocks like a week ago. And the, um, it, it was when the granddad started dating the, uh, the prostitute basically. And I love that episode. Yes. And so Riley's sitting there like, uh, he's just talking about hoes basically. And he's talking about what qualifies being a hoe. And he's like, if I got to take a hoe out to dinner and I'm using her, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. This ain't how I talk. You know this, but he's like, if I got to take a hoe out to dinner, regardless of what her job is, that means she a hoe. And he was like, well, no, she's not a hoe. It's a date. And he's like, but I'm paying. That's payment. That makes her a hoe. And you know what? (laughs) It was ignorant, but points were made. And I'm going to tell you why. Because, okay, you got to understand this too. I am from the South and, and the Midwest. And so as much as I am very progressive about certain things, as far as my worldview, I'm also very traditional about certain things as far as how I conduct myself. You feel me? So like, just cause I see the world this way, doesn't mean I'm necessarily doing this in my personal life. If that makes sense. If I'm on a date nine times out of 10, First of all, I don't even date. I mean, you know that. I don't really date like that. But if I am on a date, nine times out of 10, I'm paying. You feel me? But I'm paying not because it's expected of me, but because that's just what I do. And we talked about this in a previous episode. But like, if the expectation is for me to pay, yeah, this is hoeing. Like, I'm not necessarily saying that it is, but like, I see where he was coming from. Like, it's different when there's an expectation there. And I say all that to say this society and socialization to your point plays a huge role in this conversation because what may constitute emotional maturity from your perspective based on a cultural point of view might be a regression for somebody else, you know? And when you're, somebody like us who has dated kind of all, well, not dated, but been involved with people all across the board. What you got? Oh, okay. Go on. (laughs) Are we, are you doing a tutorial while we're doing this? Like (laughs) trying to track sponsors. I'm not mad at you, but I feel like I have to say like with different cultural perspectives comes different expectations. You feel me? And so yes. it's it's important to be cognizant of that if you are dating outside of your immediate demographic, which more and more people are going to be doing because the world is getting smaller, you know? So it's, it's just a tough question. I do think that there is a time when it's okay to be in a relationship and there's a time when you probably shouldn't be in a relationship yet. But I don't know when that line of delineation would be for me, honestly. Getting 
getting back to what you said, it's really funny because all people know how to do is transactional relationships. Not all people, but some people, all they saw, even with their parents, was a transactional relationship. Mm-hmm. Imagine what it was like to live in the Musk household. Oh, go the on. The Musk household, the matriarch was abused, apparently. Yeah. You know, you got, you got, you got, you got, you got, yeah. you know, so it's, it's, it's one of those things where I'm also not going to have any t- strong words on that household because I really don't know those people. I don't know the norms of what they did. Perhaps, you know, the plan all along was for the stepdaughter to have, you know, like maybe that was a groomed individual. Like, I don't know what I'm looking at and I don't want to be licensed to comment. Yeah, like that's just one of those things. I don't want to talk on that one. That on that. Yeah, <laughs> you can keep that. <laughs> but like cultural relativism, you know, like you know. Not, so so I, I really do get to that point where you're coming from with, you know, you like for you, your adulthood and how you want to do a relationship and a date with someone possibly in the beginning stage may be that one thing. Personally, I'm the type of person where I really, I really see a lot of people turning to YouTube and the internet for the mm-hmm. answers of how to be a woman or how, like, as if there's this one universal way to be an adult version of your sex, which leads to whatever gender you decide to identify as mm. realistically. I've, I don't actually even think that's healthy. I think it's actually unnatural and inauthentic. And that's not even a critique of cross-cultural relationships. It's kind of like if somebody is interracially dating, they shouldn't then assume the culture of the person that they are dating. It should be these two people are their own individuals and their own representation. Like they're, they, they are representing who they are. Like they're just being who they are. Dr. And, Umar is not going to like where you're going with this. And they just be them together. Like for example... I'm probably, I don't like, <laughs> hold on, we actually might get a little deep in some funny ways. Okay. One, <laughs> we might get deep in some hilarious ways. I'm going to be Monisha the whole time. Mm. And when you're with someone, yes, sometimes that means Monisha should be calm. You know, that's, you have to recognize okay, like this is an appropriate way. Like the person you date might introduce you to some new scenarios that you ain't never experienced before. Like I hung out with one of my friends. He took me kayaking. I ain't never been kayaking before. I'm tired of you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like how I date. Like I don't like dates for real. Like I don't want to go to dinner because then like if you are a dull person, first of all, I don't date somebody. Okay. I'm going to pull this back for a minute because you know how my dating habits are, but the audience doesn't necessarily know. So I've never dated somebody I haven't known for a long time and have already been friends with. But I understand most people aren't like that. Right. I've never dated somebody that I haven't already had sex with. 
You feel me? But most people aren't like that. If I'm going on a date with a brand new person, I don't want to go to dinner because your conversation might be dry. A, B, you might be mean to waiters. Like, C, like, I just might not want to hang out with you on some dinner. Like, if this is a first date, if it's a first date, I want to go kayaking. I want to go to the beach. I want to do something fun. That way, if I get tired of you, I'm still having a good time. You feel me? An ideal first date for me is actually tea. That's real. I would love Or or something just really chill and... Let's start. Let's start. Let's see how you. Let's see how you. Let's. I feel like because I am a beautiful black female, some people might assume that I'm hoeing when mm. in reality, I am being. Go on. <laughs> I ain't going to let. Sally May and the American government stop my shine. Hey, Let's, start there. Let's start there. Let's start there. Let's start there. I'm still going to enjoy life and make smart decisions. Mm. Barack Obama probably enjoyed his life before he became the president of the United States of America. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was smoking weed and doing all of that. But... Mm. That all being said, sometimes, and mind you, I am in the state of Florida, which makes me uncomfortable every single day. Man. <laughs> Talk I get about it. being a doll. I do. Shout out that, to the being, police department. That being said, being in this situation where I am in a place where sometimes I go places and people's brains are not evolved enough to process my existence. Mm. And sometimes I think it rattles people to see me in a particular place with the absence of a man. And I think that's true for a lot of women. Like I think a lot of young women, like if they go to a nice bar, the assumption is escort. The assumption is date. So if they're really just going and chilling and even spending reasonably. Like, for example, I don't have to go to the bar and spend a hundred dollars. Mm. It's actually better that I go to the bar and maybe spend about twenty, twenty-five dollars because who needs to poison themselves? Do you think that there's a racial component to that train of thought? I think that any part of my existence can be a point because I really, I see so many young girls hoeing mm. in Florida. Hoeing. 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 Oh, yeah. And see, no shame. No shame. No shame. Yeah, no. I'm not shaming them. It's, it's just what's happening. It's just what it is. Like, no shame in it. But no that's an interesting point because that's the one thing about dating that has always kind of tickled me. Like, And we talked about it before, how it's basically just like consensual sex work sometimes. There is so much about dating that is a turnoff for a lot of people. And I wouldn't say myself included, but I can definitely see how that that rabbit hole could could be sprung. So where I've reached is 
one don't care that much about me. Like if people are caring that much about what I, as an individual am doing, Mm. why so obsessed with me? (laughs) One, like really, it really just comes down to do you, there have been points where I have been obviously poor or obviously in need of help. That being said, people can really do, but so much to be helpful. And then it's like, how are you really trying to come out of pocket for this person? So this is, it's very interesting because I think a lot of people misconstrue my views on sex work. I am neither pro nor against sex work. What I believe in is risk aware safety, Mm. because when you have risk aware and you have safety, then you can have consensual and sane. This is something that keeps happening. And let's call it what it is. The difference between, here's a cliche point, burlesque marriage and strippers. Exotic Mm. dancers. They're all really exotic dancers. Like some people are more exotic than others. And that is, that's, (laughs) That, you know, like really the the difference between sex work and an authentic relationship, real relationship, whatever word, like I'm going to need people to use their brains and not fixate on the one word and use your brain might mean ask what this person meant. And by this person, I mean me. If the relationship is contingent on what someone is able to provide you're going to piss a lot of people off with the end of that sentence. Just know that. <laughs> well, no, you're going to make a lot of red pill men happy, ironically enough, but you're going to piss a lot of 20 something women off. If the relationship is contingent on what someone can provide and here we go, here we go. Have you ever heard of Shit's Creek? Yeah. Okay. Moira stayed with her husband after he was cracked down by the feds and now they're living in Shit's Creek. She stayed in her relationship. And to be fair, she did get to keep plenty of her items. They did lose the house. Mm. That family was a legitimate family. And the marriage that she had, even though I'm sure what he provided, did help significantly was not contingent on what that man was able to provide. And I don't think having standards is the same thing as sex work. And it's very dangerous that people misconstrue the two. I agree. I don't think having standards is synonymous with sex work. But I do think that similarly to how people say, you know, you lead with cheddar, you're going to attract a rat. If you leave with pussy, you're going to track a dog. <laughs> like, it just is what it is. You feel me? Like, and I think the problem with a lot of the media that we have, and I promise I'm not trying to sound like a boomer saying this. Lord have mercy. As soon as it left my mouth, I realized I sounded like a boomer. But to further my point, I think the problem with a lot of the media that we have, and especially social media, is that 
we see images of people that are living a way that we would aspire to. And by we, I mean people in general, not necessarily you or me, um, but not not necessarily us either, just people in general. We see people living in a way that's that's aspirational, right? And so our standards will evolve to adapt to those narratives, you feel me? And so with a lot of younger folks and mostly people our age that really have access to a lot of this stuff, and I've talked about it before, like I'm not really interested in women my age most of the time, you feel me? Um, I generally like women a lot older. We're not a lot older, but older. Um, Because I don't really have a lot, and this is going to sound kind of hypocritical because I'm a 20-something, but I've noticed that I don't really have a lot to talk about with other 20-somethings. And so when it comes to being in a relationship, it's just not something that interests me. And you got to think about it this way too. And we've spoken about this before. I'm not a person that's naturally inclined towards relationships. I'm a very sexual person, but I'm not necessarily a very um, standard person when it comes to wanting to have a girlfriend or wanting to be somebody's boyfriend. You know, I'm, I'm okay with casual sex. Um, I've had girlfriends, you know that, but it's not necessarily my, it's not my go-to. And so when it comes to spending time with somebody on that level, it's really got to be somebody that I don't necessarily have to relate to all the time, but I have to be able to have intelligent conversations with that person about things that matter to both of us not just me and not just that person and you got to keep in mind like i'm from the country so for the last however many years of living in south florida i've lived in a completely different environment than the one in which i grew up and people's values have just been different so when i say i'm not necessarily attracted to women in their 20s I'm really talking about women in their 20s in big cities. You feel me? Women in their 20s in the Midwest have a different set of values, generally speaking. Women in their 20s in the South, generally speaking, have different values than women in their 20s in New York or Miami or, you know, these different places. Not better or worse, just ones that are maybe more or less in alignment with what I'm willing to deal with. So for the most part, no, nah, I'm not necessarily into women my age because as an adult, I've lived in proximity to larger cities. Does that make sense? Yes. As you were talking, a part of what I was thinking about is my experiences dating women and how, regardless of gender, every single person has a different idea of what a relationship is and what they should bring to the relationship. Mm. A few of the conversations being had in my friend group is over this book that is on my book list. That being said, I need to both one, go to Barnes and Noble and two, uh, also need to wait for Audible to give me that one credit that I get a month. (laughs) (laughs) 
so much will get done next month. Uh, that being said, one of the things that my friend pointed out is that a relationship really isn't even supposed to be two people. All they do is be together and they, the relationship is based on those people doing life together. Mm. And I even saw a little video that talks about putting people on pedestals. And this is a conversation I've been having with my little Instagram community is how do we go about relationships and humanize that person in ourselves, putting someone on a pedestal inherently creates a unfair dynamic where one person is high and the other person is low. And I differentiate the two as high dehumanization because you put the person on a pedestal. And whenever we put people on pedestals and the pedestal becomes a part of the person's personhood, we're dehumanizing them because now we're attaching them to a hypothetical metaphorical item and low dehumanization is usually what happens when they inevitably fall off the pedestal and we see them for exactly what they are, which is still human. And that conversation really helped me realize how, especially as a woman, I think that there is this dehumanization of I guess I shouldn't fart around my partner. And to be fair, uh, I've, I recently made food and then smelled my flagellants flag, flag, <laughs> and uh, was like, wow, you know what? I would have to just go for a little run or walk, you know, and all of that is happening to hey, my right. sister. <laughs> I got a homeboy that broke up with his baby mama because she farted around him. <laughs> They got, a, they got a whole kid together and everything, dog. I thought he was bullshit, too. I was like, so why did y'all break up for real? He was like, it's exactly what I told you. She farted around me. And I Was she inconsiderate? I guess that's where he was going with it. It wasn't so much about the fart. He was just like, bro, like, she ain't even trying no more. <laughs> that's real. That's oh, real. my God. Yeah. I mean, and I, I do think that like the romance in your relationship yes everything is going to become dull or more dull as time goes on because inevitably as you spend time with somebody you do begin to humanize them more and i mean the the phrase familiarity breeds contempt comes to mind but i don't even think that that's necessarily true I think that when you spend more time with somebody, it becomes easier and easier to humanize that person. I think the that's exactly what should happen. You can be excited about someone. Like if someone's naturally put on a pedestal, cool. Yeah. I think the contempt comes from the luster fading and you realizing that maybe you don't like that person as much as you think. But I don't necessarily believe that familiarity has to breed contempt. And one thing that is always kind of tickled me is, and I used to hate it because I used to think that it was nasty because my grandparents are real freaky. You feel me? But now that I'm an adult and I understand like 
how other people's grandparents be moving and just acting like they can't stand each other. I'm actually kind of happy to see them like still having a certain amount of romance in their relationship. I think that the honeymoon phase should come to an end, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the romance has to stop. And I think finding a way to balance those things is probably what makes for a successful relationship. And I mean, that's not necessarily the only thing, but I don't know. I don't know. That just, I don't know when the line would be. Like, when do you know that you're capable of doing something like that? And the other person is also capable of doing that. Two points, two kind of separate points. Uh, Yo, it's so funny. My email keeps coming off and it is the same. Your email is blowing up. Oh, real? It is the same sender. I don't know what you did to them, but nah, it's it's a service. Oh, word. Yeah, popularity. You do what you Sounds want like, when you popping. You know, <laughs> you do what you want when you popping. The bottles don't stop. Yeah, okay. That being said, <laughs> said, two points. One, I really just think. There's something to be said about the body chemistry identifying incompatibility between mm. two people. That's real, man. Yeah. And I would even yeah. say that when people are defying the body chemistry, for example, I once uh, dated someone who his fluids tasted so disgusting that I was nauseous. It was bad the first time. I was like, what do you eat? Oh, man. Diet. Like, it was specifically <laughs> them. It was them. There was no... It, was their, it just was so... And the thing is, people want to make it like there's this one thing that you add into your diet to make it taste different. No, I was, the whole I was joking. I hope you know that. I know you're joking. I know you're okay, joking. Really? The thing <laughs> is, for some people, it's that deep. And that being said, like, I really think that then it becomes some people stay together because mm. of what is being provided, which isn't always monetary. They stay for what is being provided and I would even get back to the earlier part of our conversation where we acknowledged sometimes insecurity and not necessarily being well and functional, like, you know, like associating those two things will have us thinking that something needs to continue when it really doesn't. Mm. And some people just need time to figure that. Like, I think that, uh, relationships are indeed a practice <laughs> that, that being said I, I, I the next point that i'm getting at too is when you find that person even in friendships i think this is probably true for a lot of relationships when you find someone that you get along with in whatever way and mind you this doesn't have to be oh my goodness we're a perfect combination i want to spend time and hold hands through every single 
facet of lives. And I think that's why a lot of people's relationships suffered during the pandemic, because what worked for them, like perhaps working during the day and then working during night and having those moments where they were together in the midpoint might have worked and switching around that arrangement, that situation. And that's the thing. Is this an arrangement or a relationship? Mm. switching up the arrangement and relationships sometimes though that sometimes maybe a relationship can last that change and sometimes an arrangement can last that change depending on how things switch up yeah you know i think that it's such a weird concept and maybe this is why i know i'm not built for dating in the traditional sense i think it's a strange concept to be in a relationship with somebody that you don't know if you could be friends with. I think that every person that I've been in a serious relationship with, I've been friends with first, and that contextualized the relationship for me. So it's interesting because I have had relationships where I think that we were actually probably good friends. Then when we got into the relationship, <laughs> oh yeah, that that's definitely possible as well. But I don't I don't know how you could be in a relationship with somebody that you can't be friends with because eventually, like things do start to simmer down. You know, I think because some people legitimately like the way that they've come to see a romantic relationship, the way they were taught to see a romantic relationship is an arrangement. Hmm, that's fair. I think that gender is a form of arranging in in the most literal sense. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of also we that's that's also kind of what it is. Like, so I think that woman for some people, like a part of the arrangement is look beautiful all the time. Mm. I and so I, so one of my friends was sending me the history of marriage. And part of a woman's duty is to wake up before her significant other and <laughs> have makeup on and breakfast ready. Man, please. Hey, look. <laughs> I'm going to start asking people this question very literally. What are you looking for? An arrangement? That's what you need to do. Like, it might as well be a job interview. What are you expecting out of this? <laughs> what? what are you expecting from this position? And the thing is... Your answer cannot be contingent on what someone else wants. And some people don't actually, like, I think it's probably real. Just like some people don't want children. Perhaps some people don't want ever a relationship and that's fine. Perhaps all they need is an arrangement and that is what works for them. Knowing myself, I do want a relationship personally and every relationship that I've had was a legitimate relationship to me. Mm, that's fair. Do you think that, okay, I'm going to hit you with some, mm, I wouldn't say controversial, but potentially thought-provoking questions, just depending on your position. I was having a discussion with one of my exes, and we got on the subject of, is it okay to break up with somebody because they let themselves go during the relationship? Now, my answer was yes. Okay. My answer was yes. 
she was tight that my answer was yes because she was like well that's shallow that's blah 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 if you love somebody why would you break up with them like if they gain weight for example now here's my justification for that i get up every single day and exercise right now i don't exercise to look good i exercise because health but looking good is a a byproduct of it you feel me i take care of my skin i take care of my hair and all of that right I'm doing that single. I'm doing that in a relationship. It don't matter. Like, I'm just doing that. If that's how you met me and that's what you were attracted to, then I shouldn't expect it to change. Now, that being said, as you get to know a person more, physical attraction might not necessarily be at the forefront of the relationship anymore. But it's still important to me. It is right. With women, there are other factors to consider, right? You could get pregnant. Your hormones could change as you as you age. Right. You could put on weight, whatever. Those things are outside of your control. So there's some lenience that should be there. But if you used to work out and one day you just stop working out. I feel like it's not me being an asshole if I'm like, you know what? I don't think I'm feeling this no more. But I want to hear your thoughts. Was that person dating as a pick me that wanted to be in an arrangement? Because it is a form of an arrangement to be a pick me. If you are only going to the gym because of the person you want to attract or the arrangement that you want to attract, and you're not going to the gym because you genuinely like going to the gym, which genuinely part of your personality that you want to take care of yourself that one day you just decide, well, I feel secure in this situation. I don't see how this could end at any point in time. And you just let it all go. And this is not a mental illness related thing. This is just now the real you is coming out after you arranged yourself to be something that you're not this whole time. Leave. That's weird. That is weird in a way where we're all different, but that's a very interesting type of weird. An interesting Mm. type of weird that perhaps needs to be studied from far. Mm. (laughs) You know, that that being said, if you're in a relationship with someone where, let's say that I'm with someone and they just, we've got older and it's not that they stop caring to me like if somebody's going to the gym that's probably because they care about their body and their physical wellness Mm. i can't imagine that just completely going away like are you gonna at least like you know we're in our 60 70 come on let's go for walks you know maybe like you have like a hip issue where you know like it doesn't make sense but for example one of my closest friends is probably in his 70s mm. closest friends in regards to proximity and close in that like i feel like him and i have had some deep conversations i really appreciate him i've met his wife you know mm. so it's very respectful genuine friendship i would not expect that person to move forward and i wouldn't expect that person to move forward and go to the gym ham as maybe they could have when they were much older or uh, younger. So, of course. Yeah, of course. so it, 
It's interesting because I said older initially, and then I thought of Benjamin Button because that's kind of what happens. Like the body starts to change when you get a significant older and you become more fragile and so forth. So yeah, like I just wouldn't really expect that person to be doing the same things that they protect, like that they were maybe doing when they were younger. So it depends. I think what you're talking about is someone just switches up their whole personhood and it's not like, I think that, there are people who grow apart. There mm. are people who grow together in their personhood. And then there are people who were characters from the start and now the show's over. Yeah. And, and you're right. I mean, I think my point was less about the weight itself. I mean, and to a certain degree, I, I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to be pretentious about this. I need to be sexually attracted to the person that I'm dating, but I think it's less about the weight itself and more about the mentality that comes with it, you know? And like you said, if you were doing this when we met and this is who I think that you are, this is what I'm expecting from you and vice versa. You know, if I switch it up, I should be scrutinized for that. You know, it's, it, it does work both ways. What you got? Undoing Gender by Judith Butler. <laughs> I, I love how you advertise these products. My books dropped. I've been rearranging my room. Uh, it's very funny because it's interesting having my degrees up. A part of the reason why I'm doing that is because I feel like during a job interview, it might be better to show them. Mm. Just so people know they exist. That's real. I got another question for you, by the way. Yes. All right. So say you find a man that you find very attractive, right? He got a nice beard, nice waves, whatever. You feel me? I love how in this scenario you think that he's going to have a beard. And that is what was one of the things that would turn me on. I mean, no, I'm just I'm just putting stuff out there, right? He he likes six, seven. You know what I'm saying? Nice teeth. in nice waves, nice fade, right? He got locks and a jawbone. So like, say no, no, he got he waves. Got brown he got eyes. Waves. Or maybe he got locks too. All right, we'll go with no, locks. We'll go with locks. This is my fantasy, okay? All right, but he plays so, basketball professionally for the Heat. Are you thinking about somebody <laughs> in particular? Because no, I'm just, I'm just saying things that like you know would bring out that primordial response. <laughs> Look, until you said the heat, I'm like, are you talking about J. Cole? <laughs> you know, it's really funny because uh, you know how, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jeff Bezos went out with his girlfriend and Leonardo DiCaprio was there and she started having a primordial response. He was choosing, yes. Shorty was choosing. <laughs> mm. Mm. Lord have mm. mercy. Mm. So look, all right, that guy has all that. He's six seven. He got nice locks. You feel me? Say you wake up next to him one day, and he ain't put his locks on. He got the chrome dome. What are you doing in that situation? Because you know they make the man pieces now, right? <laughs> Dummy does not have an answer for that, sir. 
one of many a man who had been with a woman who took the wig off and then became a whole other person. The conspiracy came up. You know, Ooh, the makeup, and that's what I was getting, and that's why I was putting it that because you know, men don't really have like makeup per se. I mean, we kind of do, I guess, but like you be surprised how some men jawlines look without their beard. It's you so funny me? because so much of the world is fake that I look at myself and just be, I just be, and if people think I'm flexing, that means that's a compliment. Because my existence is a flex. That's it real. What it is, when I look at myself in the mirror, this is lip gloss, but lip gloss is not going to change this bone structure. This is my real hair. I see myself. There was a point during this pandemic where I was like, ooh, you show is ugly because I wasn't taking care of myself. I take vitamins now. I, I have a skincare routine because it works. It works. It legitimately works. I have. Wa- I will send you pictures. I have watched the side of my face, the hyperpigmentation. This isn't about bleaching. This is legitimate skincare to get rid of, and even my skin tone not bleaching. There are things that we can legitimately do for ourselves to take care of ourselves, and some people are looking for a come up that they cannot maintain. Mm. And that's kind of a part of that arrangement dynamic. And even going on YouTube and trying to find things that might even be culturally relevant. For example, going back to uh, Kevin Samuels. If somebody sees this and thinks that I am insecure because I'm showing my degrees, I could understand how they came to that conclusion. That being said, I paid for them. Yeah, I need to keep paying for. I need to be able to afford life. Like it, 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 I'm allowed to be proud of myself, and that's even how I feel about the way that I look. And what's really hard when people don't take care of themselves, a lot of times it's maybe because they genuinely didn't like themselves the whole time. And even getting back to our earlier conversations, with a lot of people are out here hoeing. Fine, personally. That ain't really my business. You do you. If you are in trouble, then please do something. Sometimes people are in trouble and they don't even know they're in trouble. That being said, anyway, help. I'm in Florida. Oh my God. You ain't answer the question whether you was leaving homeboy today and put his dreads on or not. I'm coming back to that point. Okay, I just want you to know I'm still waiting on that answer. You being political over here. Now, here's the thing. Before you answer that question, I understand just as much as you understand. This ain't a bash against fat women or bald men. Okay, this is about if your job interviews you and you have your degree in the background and they ask about your degree and you tell them about your degree and that's the grounds upon which they hire you. If they find out later that that's not no real degree, how would you expect them to act? That is, and it's really funny because sometimes in, in, in that moment, that's not even really about capitalistic. It's the fact that somebody was capitalizing 
off of something that they actually cannot maintain. Mm-hmm. That in that act, in that action, to create a fake degree, to create a whole fake like persona, to create this fakeness, and to not be forthcoming with that, that in itself is a form of toxic capitalizing. So as someone who, you know, is in that situation where in the scenario, Bay is still six foot seven. In the scenario, Bay still got brown eyes. In the scenario, Bay <laughs> it don't matter. Did Bay let me know that the locks aren't real? Because ain't none sexier than a bald man with brown eyes and a beard. Mm. That's my crush right there. But did he lie to you? Is your relationship based on a foundation that's a lie? If that is the case, my angels would be rattled. That's a new term. <laughs> I don't quite understand what it means. I'm going to go ahead and say that right now. It just sounds... Okay, fine, fine. I, I think I understand. Angels in this context that I'm using it is my values. And mm. I do value honesty. You get into some real when when somebody lies about some it's like the guys who go on the dating app and they say that they're five eleven and I'm five eleven and when we stand next together they ain't five eleven. Yeah. That's that's why you know it's yeah. just and I find like I've been out with men where, for example, I went out with this older man that was much older than his like app led me to believe I thought he was in his thirties. If not mistaken, he was in his late forties or fifties. I was mm. actually quite offended to be on that date because now we're talking about how, you know, like that, that was very deceptive and there was just, yeah, no, yeah. that was really weird for me. Like that was predatory. So I really, I really just fe- feel like sometimes when people can't even measure themselves or look at who they really are in the mirror at least once or twice. Like, it's kind of like, I don't really think it's, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't date a woman who goes to sleep in her makeup. Oh, no, not at all. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) And then doesn't even wash her face, but just keeps reapplying it. So it just becomes fixed. I surely would never do that. Because I don't even know what you look like. (laughs) Does she know what she look like anymore? Man, that's deep. I never even thought about that. But yeah, I mean, to your point, like the whole you thought he was like 15, 20 years younger than he was. That's that's really weird, man. That's real. I remember we talked about that, too. That's like that's predatory. So first, what about the people that impersonate celebrities? Telling me that I should freeze my eggs. Felt like he was trying to be my manager. He's trying to be the spark man. <laughs> Hey, you remember that guy, the Sperminator? I went on a date with him. He was trying to be that. He was trying to be that. I forgot she went on a date with him. The life and times, boy. I think that's where we're going to end it, man. That's a great, that's a story for another time. (laughs) You know, and I feel like a part of our final thoughts really can be what happens 
when, and, and maybe this could be a personal share. If you feel comfortable, what happens when you date when it's not the wrong time? Like what happens when you date when it's wrong? Hmm. I think that every, and this is maybe going to sound political, but this is genuinely how I feel. I think that every experience is an opportunity to learn not only about yourself, but about the world around you and how you function in it. And so with that being said, as long as you learned from the relationship, you didn't waste your time. That's what I would say. I think that if we're being fair with ourselves and each other, there might not ever be a right time to enter into a relationship. There's definitely a wrong time, but there might not ever be a right time. As long as, as right as time for the two people. What's that? Right time for the two people or more. That can be argued. Yeah, that can be argued. But I, uh, I think I that, actually want to get back to that one after you're finished talking. Okay. But I, I think my final thought about that question would be as long as you have learned from the experience and I don't want to say matured because that's relative. But as long as you got something from that experience, I think that your time wasn't wasted. That's my thought when it comes to that. I think sometimes people can make themselves attract something from that relationship that maybe wasn't there and it was actually all them. So Mm -hmm. that's a heavy topic too. I don't disagree with you. I agree. It's just that one's heavy. Uh, My personal share so funny. So many stories came up and I don't really want to tell the one where I went to a speakeasy in New York and told a guy that my kink is the Hugh Cow kink. Cause that's a funny story. That's a story. <laughs> I almost forgot about that one. He that's told me, but like the thing is his nickname was big, bald, insert thing hair. It's so funny. We worked in the same building. Mm. We were both weird. We were weird, but not consistently interested and safe. I don't know how sane it was. We didn't do anything harmful. We were pretty responsible. It was was a fine time. It just was so, I guess maybe it wasn't a bad time to be in a relationship. It's just my kinks and his body didn't come together. Not to say that they wouldn't have came together, just... We were, we found each other attractive, just not attractive enough. Uh, That being said, an example, an example of just not ready is when somebody's in a polyamorous dynamic and I like for me lately, I've, I've been feeling so much more monogamous And I think that I could do poly or monogamous depending on the relationship with a predominant monogamous lean. And a part of that is because I'm not really ready. If I, 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 someone I know, we were thinking about doing some form of commitment and I love that person. I genuinely love that person. I've just seen that person be trifling the whole time I know them, I've known them and I know them. And the whole time that I know them, they were trifling with people 
that probably kind of had an idea what they were getting into and they you know like they're like obviously i still am friends with that person because they couldn't have been that trifling you know Mm. so what i realized i wasn't ready for i was ready for one thing a monogamous relationship with them the poly dynamic that came after was so much more that it wasn't even the other people. It was babes right now, not with what, you know, it just became a bit too much for me. It wasn't what I needed. I feel that. No, no, no. I was just, you trifling, like it ain't going to work. And I mean, that's fair on your part. I think that a lot of people enter into situations knowing or at least having an idea that they might not be the ideal situation, but love can be blinding sometimes. And so you make exceptions where you probably shouldn't make exceptions. And then those exceptions come to bite you. Um, so I think that you probably made the mature decision in, in that particular scenario. But um, with all that being said, what's the moral of the story? The moral of the story, figure out if you want to be in an arrangement or a relationship, be real with yourself and be real with that other person. Both can come to an end and both can last after do they part. Mm. Just be authentic. I agree. I think that's exactly what I was going to say. All right. Well, that's the episode. <laughs> I love that we share a mind. Right. We're Watson and Holmes. Oh, wait. Are we using our governments? Maybe we shouldn't. Well, your government's in I your use my government. anyway. It's really yeah. funny because, yeah, funny how that one worked out, hey? Yeah. Because I, I guess I am the detective type. And I'm just the dude to just be chilling. Like, <laughs> like Watson just kind of be there, you know? Funny, huh? Interesting. Wow. All right. That was a great episode. That was a great Uh, episode. I think we unpacked a little bit there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to sit on that one for a little bit and think. Wow. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us. What do you got to say to the people out there? Please follow us on our social media platforms. And when I say please, that's me being polite because I believe in politeness. That being said, if you're going to keep following us, you might as well follow us at Hotepery on Instagram. You can follow me, Monisha A. Holmes, on Instagram. It's really funny and uncomfortable because... I, I have Monisha A. Holmes and really I'm just waiting till Instagram frees up Monisha Holmes again. Mm. Is there another? Well, I mean, yeah, I guess so. A <laughs> is my middle initial, so it's fine. It's just okay. It's kind of like a pimp name slip back. I make them say the whole thing. You just got to say the whole thing. I feel you. Say the whole I thing. I understand. Well, you know, y'all can follow me at Mostly Plants on YouTube and Helianthus.ho on IG. And can you spell Helianthus? H E. Well, we'll put it in the description. Do you okay, want me to do like a spelling bee? Like, <laughs> you can call me Akila. I mean, because I, I can spell Helianthus. I don't want you no, to think I'm not here. It's just, I okay. just figured 
that that was a really hard word for me. I don't know that I could spell helianthus. I could try. It's it's phonetic. I mean, if you could sound it out, you could spell it. It's not like a. Okay. It's not like a. Yeah, yeah. But we'll put it in the description. It all might be confusing. Well, English doesn't really follow the rules. That it, it insists upon itself. But that's another conversation. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>